0: Welcome to Lost Levels Club. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. I've with me tonight, Sir Michael. Hello and myself, Timothy. Hello. We're a book club for games, but not today. Today we're going to talk about Gamescom and we're going to rapid fire. <laughs>
1: Hello, everyone around the world. I'm Jeff Keeley, and welcome to Gamescom Opening Night Live, a preview of this holiday's biggest games and a sneak preview of what lies beyond. Over the next two hours, we're going to announce new games, show you the first full gameplay demo of Call of Duty Vanguard alongside star Laura Bailey, get the first new look in a year at LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, get an update on Death Stranding, Director's Cut for PlayStation 5, and debut the story trailer for Far Cry 6. Plus, we're going to find out who's in that super monkey ball and so much more we can't tell you about just yet. Plus, the multi-talented Lindsey Stirling... So Gamescom, the we're, we're just talking about the games... Well, actually, what, what are we even saying about Gamescom? It was a remote event, as is normal these days. Like, who knows when that's going to end? And we're just going to talk about... The things that caught our eye. Yep. Because obviously we're not going to talk about everything because we'd be here forever. And even the things that caught our eye is actually quite a long list. So Let's start. Let's start with the Stranding Director's Cut. Yeah. So there was a much better trailer for the Director's Cut rather than the bizarre one where he just tips out a box of oranges and sits in it.
0: Some of this was so wild. I wasn't even sure if it was in the main game. It wouldn't have surprised me if it was. So there's a bunch of quality of life improvements, which I want to talk about, which were really fun, I'd say. All right? For instance, the Evolve stabiliser, which is a jetpack. Is there a jetpack in the main game?
1: No, it's not a jetpack in the main game. In the main game, you can slap it on your backpack and it just makes it less likely that you'll fall over. And I think it just improves your stability stat. Like When I was wearing it, I don't even really remember it like firing any jets you know i think it i think it was literally just like a buff to your stability stat okay i didn't use it that much though so maybe maybe it does actually show the jets firing i don't know i mean yeah now it's literally actually i don't is it a jetpack i don't think you can use it to fly but you can jump off a cliff yeah, and it will just slow your descent to the point where you just land fairly normally yeah so it's like half a jetpack
0: and then and then we saw the cargo catapult in action which i thought would be more medieval <laughs> it was just you just catapult it and hope for the best but you can land the package very elegantly
1: yeah they got little parachutes is yep. it
0: things think so. they must it, be it looks cool yeah it's cool yeah.
1: i like it i mean when would you i don't quite understand when you would build this it does seem kind of nuts like would you build it on like the top of a mountain and then like fire cargo like over BT territory to the city and then make your way through BT territory and pick up the cargo again and then deliver it. Like, I don't quite get when you use it, but it definitely looks cool.
0: Yes. You're right. It would be, you'd have to like have a series of catapults and way you have a series of zip lines potentially.
1: But you, but you just build the zip line. Like, I don't quite... <laughs> I mean, maybe this is why it's in the director's cut and it was, you know... Like, Maybe a lot of the stuff was in the base game originally, but they just, you know, didn't have time for it to like really polish it or it was just cut because it was like, well, this is kind of duplicating functionality. Like we don't mm-hmm. need this, you know, but yeah, well, if it, you... I mean, it looks cool. I do wonder if you can catapult yourself. Oh, that you know, that's the dream. Yeah. Can you catapult yourself? Can you catapult other people? <laughs> They're going to make the VR game. <laughs> Can, can you catapult Mama when you have to deliver her?
0: <laughs> that seems very disrespectful. And then there's the cargo. And then there's the cargo bot. Has this also evolved? I... Yeah, it is because the cargo
1: bots in the original game, they're just like a cutscene. You just you know dispatch the cargo bot, and you just see it like humming a little tune and walking out the city, and you you never see them out in the open. Like, you never actually encounter them in. The, well, at least I never encountered one in the wild. But now, yeah, you can have a little cargo bot buddy that is either carrying cargo, or you can literally just sit on it. Because why not? Because why not? It's so cute. I mean, they did give they did imbue the cargo bot with quite a lot of personality. You know, in that little cutscene where you see it whistling a tune. So it is nice that that we get more cargo bot. You know, like what do you want from the director's cut? More cargo bot. More cargo
0: bot. <laughs> I want more the cargo
1: bot. The real MVP. Yeah, who's your favorite character in Death Stranding? Or oh, obviously Cargo Bot.
0: Cargo Bot cosplay? Why not? <laughs> why not?
1: Yeah, you, you could do it. actually. That would be really funny. Maybe maybe you should make a Cargo Bot cosplay. You just have to hide your upper torso in a load of boxes on on top of the cargo oh, bot. Oh yes, know?
0: that's creativity for you.
1: Yeah, this is my creative mind now that I'm free of the fetters of normal people. Sorry. Sorry, carry on.
0: And the last thing I wanted to call out was VR missions. They are VR missions, right? Basically.
1: They are VR missions. I mean, is this a. Because Metal Gear Solid also had VR missions, right?
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: Didn't they? I mean, is this good? Is it bad? I mean, I guess it's more gameplay.
0: (laughs) There's more gameplay. (laughs) Too much gameplay. It's
1: too much. There's too much. I'm surprised you called out the the VR missions. I thought you were going to call out the racetrack. But it's going to be janky. It's gonna be. I. How dare you? How dare you besmirch the Yeah, it's gonna be. I just think it's. They're just. They've had quite a lot of stuff. I. I think you mentioned last time that they could have like five different games made out of. You know the mechanics in this game and. Now we've got a racing game. Can we have Angry Birds with the catapult? Yes. You know what else can we make? What else can we make with these new building blocks?
0: You've got cargo bots, you could just have a team of cargo bots with guns.
1: <laughs> with guns. You can have an RTS. It's a,
0: it, it's a logistics sim now, is it?
1: I think it was always a logistics sim. It's just that the only delivery <laughs> person was you. So actually it was fairly easy to route. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's another kind of logistics game, but it's like that's not what I meant by logistics game.
0: Is there anything else you wanted to point out? Are you excited for? Wow, well,
1: I don't think I'm going to get it unless it's a free upgrade on PC, which I doubt. But Death Stranding is a really good game. If you haven't played Death Stranding because you were put off by it being a walking simulator, like a literally a walking simulator, you should probably try Death Stranding once the director's cut comes out because it's actually surprisingly good. But I've actually played quite a lot of Death Stranding now and I'm not sure I need to go back to it. Like, I I got what I needed to from Death Stranding already. So, certainly intriguing, though.
0: Let's move on to COD Vanguard. They showed some single-play campaign. Not no multiplayer. So, we're going to talk about the campaign, which is weird.
1: Well, they did show some multiplayer, didn't they? As well. Like, there was that King of the Hill mode something. something. It was even playable, I think, on PlayStation. But, but that, that's irrelevant anyway. I mean, like, yeah, at Gamescom, I think the main feature was this first look trailer and gameplay footage, like
0: on opening night. I was—it's interesting. Why do I care so much for the campaign? Anyway, I was quite impressed. Combat seemed weighty, quite claustrophobic in a born kind of way. But then, this is coming from someone who plays a lot of COD. So, if you saw it, I'm sure you wouldn't feel the same way.
1: Yeah, I was, I skimmed it. I didn't really pay that much attention, if I'm honest. I know there was quite a lot of chat in Warzone circles about the fact that you can now, when you mount a gun, you can kind of strafe with it still remaining mounted or you can blind fire a gun and whether those mechanics would cross over to Warzone. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the thing I actually really care about is Warzone because I just love BRs in a truly bizarre twist. I still don't understand why I'm so into them, but I do. And I still, to this day, have never played the single-player campaign for a Call of Duty game. Like, I keep meaning to, but I just never quite really do it. And I did buy Black Ops, and I I thought I would play it more, and I hardly played it. Because at the end of the day, I actually just enjoyed playing Warzone way more than I enjoyed like the multiplayer in in Black Ops, you know, so I I got Black Ops to be able to level up guns and I thought it might be fun to play the multiplayer but in the end it was like, actually this is much less fun than I thought and I'd even rather just level up the guns by playing more Warzone, so I'm not sure I'll really get Vanguard but you need the drops I need the drops, no Vanguard is using the same engine as Warzone right, like unlike Black Ops it's using the Modern Warfare 2019 engine I think, so Vanguard probably will feel more like warzone and as a result i may enjoy it more because I, th- I think that's the other thing i just couldn't handle like black ops just like felt wrong yeah it did given that the cod that i put a lot of time into was warzone making the switch to black ops suddenly was just like all the guns feel very odd like the whole flow of the game feels very odd so maybe vanguard will be less jarring from that perspective But really, my main excitement for Vanguard is actually not to buy it, but that there will be a new Warzone map and Warzone anti-cheat, which means that I will hopefully no longer get headshot from 200 meters with someone using a Car 98 with iron sights, which is ludicrous. Like when you just watch the death cam, you're like, okay, that's AIMBOT.
0: So that means it's going to go, the the map's going to switch to a World War II star map? I mean, who knows? Probably, yeah. And as it's going back to the Modern Warfare 2019 engine, it's going to be a lot prettier than Black Ops. Probably, yes. So you're not going to get it? You don't care about the drops? Interesting.
1: Well, I don't... I'll ask what, you again, ask a, you what, again what? in
0: November. Or the weapon unlocks.
1: Because you, you, you can use the weapons in the game anyway. You don't actually have to buy Black Ops to use the Black Ops weapons in Warzone. The, the only benefit is that some weapons... You know, like the, some weapons have a challenge to unlock them. Yes. So usually there'll be weapons that you just get in the season and then there'll be some weapons that have a challenge to unlock them. And usually the challenge in the game they came from is easier than the one in Warzone. So for that small subset of weapons, it might be worth it. But is it really worth buying an entire game just for that to then unlock the weapons and then never touch the game again?
0: And also the attachments will unlock quicker. Because you get weapon XP quicker in the multiplayer, right? But time is not an issue for you. Maybe. Maybe. I
1: don't, I don't think it's a huge issue personally, because I'm not trying to grind out every single gun. I just usually level up the ones I like. And at least at the moment, it is possible to level up guns very fast in Warzone if you play Plunder. Because you can just do a lot of contracts back-to-back very quickly. Okay. So I don't think it's a huge issue personally. We'll see. I mean, maybe I'll buy it. Who knows? I don't. Need, I don't need more distractions, though. I don't need more distractions. Warzone is bad enough on its own.
0: It's all part of Warzone. It's the same distraction. It's not a new distraction.
1: <laughs> okay, that's that's the justification. Are you going to get it? You always get the always new get card, yeah. right? Seventy dollars though is ridiculous. Yeah, I I didn't buy Black Ops at launch. I only bought Black Ops when it was thirty percent off. I didn't sale. know this. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll get it.
0: I just have to wait till Christmas and it's discounted by a third, which is ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I did last time. So maybe I'll do that again.
0: (laughs) Okay, let's move on. Um, I'm not sure how to say this one because I I was calling it Doki V. I've been calling it Doki V. I think it's called Doki V. Okay. So I sent
1: you this trailer, right? I sent you the trailer and I was like, this is what an open world Pokemon game should look like. Because... You know, the Pokemon company are making what? Pokemon Legends Arceus. And everyone was like, oh, finally we're getting Pokemon Breath of the Wild, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't think it looks very good. It does not. In fact, I would go so far as to say it looks bad. <laughs> Graphically, it looks bad. I, I know it's not all about the graphics, but yeah, it just looks very just. Dis- it looks like almost like a student project, you know? Like, I mean, casting Shade on myself, it looks like. I could make that game, right? Almost like if I had the assets, I could make something that looked like that, which is terrible, right? That's really bad. If I think I could make something that looks like that,
0: you know, before like, only two, one or two years ago, it would be a, a different story when you <laughs> when you say when you would say you could have made it. Wait, what do you mean? Like I was more ambitious or less ambitious? <laughs> more ambitious
1: before it was like if you could, you could make anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I've had a healthy dose of reality, and it sucks, but. Just yeah. I know we're not really here to talk about Legends Arceus, but it's just like the ground textures, you can see the textures repeating. It's just like ugly.
0: It's true, and it's coming out early next year. And the frame rate's bad and it's...
1: Anyway, anyway, Doki V. V is made by a Korean studio, Pearl Abyss. They're famous for an MMO, I think, called Black Desert Online, which I haven't played, but I know is actually pretty big. And the blurb for this game is basically you're a kid and you collect monsters. I think they're called like, I think they're called like doke dokebi I don't know. With a B, not a V. And they're like Korean traditional monsters or like twists on Korean traditional monsters. This is the bit I'm not so clear on, but regardless, you're collecting monsters to fight other monsters. So it's like from the 10,000 foot perspective, it's like, it's like Pokemon, right? And it's like, this is what an open world Pokemon game should look like. It looks amazing. It was, it's not turn-based. It's not turn-based. It looked quite impressive. It actually, from if that. I'm honest, it actually looks more like Monster Hunter. Yeah. It's it's kind of like Pokemon X Monster Hunter. But it's really visually striking. And there's a little bit in the trailer where the kid is riding on this like llama and it's so cute. It's like, oh the llama, I love it. So when want to boop it snoot. <laughs>
0: Next up, Halo Infinite.
1: I just put this in because I feel like Halo's such a big game, we should talk about it.
0: Because we might
1: play it? I mean I might because it's gonna be on Game Pass. And you might because the multiplayer is free?
0: Is it yes? But it won't be free on PlayStation. What? <laughs> Who am I gonna play? Who am I gonna play it with?
1: Well me! <laughs> You're like, that's a fate worse than death. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, there was a multiplayer trailer and a release date announcement. So, December 8th. I'm i I'm not actually that hyped for it because I'm just so confused by Halo now. Like, I played Halo 1, 2, and 3. And then, where on earth has the plot gone since? It just seems mental. Let's not talk about it. But, yeah, I don't think I really care about the plot. Bizarrely... For me, Halo is the opposite of Call of Duty. I've only played the single player for Halo, basically. I mean, I have played multiplayer, but like practically none. Like I booted it up and played like one or two games. So for me, Halo is all about the single player. And I just like, I just lost the plot, literally. Like I don't know what's going on anymore. So
0: whatever, let's move on. Marvel's Midnight Suns.
1: Did did you know about this?
0: No, I didn't know about this.
1: Yeah, this is like a complete, like, out of nowhere... Wait, what? It's basically Firaxis making XCOM but with Marvel characters, right? And then also, the abilities come from cards, and people are comparing it to Slay the Spire. So it's like, wait a minute, this is like a fusion of all the things I like, All the good things. All the good things, yeah. Actually, I'm not sure about the Marvel side of it, to be honest, but... <laughs> nice. Sl- Slay the Spire cross XCOM. Amazing. Perfect. It's like peanut butter and chocolate. And I you know, I, I personally was completely caught off guard. Like, I, I read about it and I was like, they're making what? And there's like an interview with Jake Solomon, who is, you know, I think the creative director for the XCOM games, the recent XCOM games, obviously. Not the original, original ones, but yeah, talking about their vision for the game and actually Marvel approached them and said, hey, would you make a, would you make a tactical RPG for us? Is it an RPG, tactical strategy game, whatever, an XCOM game, basically, would you make us an XCOM game? Do do you have any thoughts on this or is it only me?
0: I don't know. I don't
1: You, You don't, you've never played XCOM, right?
0: The, the new one or the old one? Which is really frustrating because I really want to play XCOM. Yeah, I want to play XCOM, the new one, let's be clear.
1: Oh, You want to play it? Is this, is this a book club game? I do
0: want to play it. <laughs> is it quick? I don't like the idea of permadeath. I don't like the idea of missing with 95% chance of hitting. To be honest, I'd almost rather make you play the old one as well if it was a book club game. So, I think it makes sense. It's a combination of three things which are really trendy at the moment. Is that true? Well, for me, XCOM is trendy.
1: Marvel is definitely trendy. Like, Marvel is just... I, I wonder if people are getting burned out on Marvel. You know, there's just so much. It's just, just It just keeps coming. Like, after, what was it? Endgame? You know, Avengers Endgame. That was like the pinnacle of the whole thing. But they're just amping up more now. It's like, but we won. It's like, but now there's a multiverse. It's just like, it never ends. It's like, yep. Open your wallets.
0: And they've got to incorporate all the X-Men now. Well,
1: yeah, they, they own everything now. It's yeah. It's crazy. I mean, so in this game, I think they said there's 12 heroes to start with. They actually said like to start with. So I assume they'll be adding heroes as DLC as time goes on. And... Yeah, you know, you've got Avengers in there. So there's Iron Man, there's Doctor Strange. Actually, is Doctor Strange an Avenger? Whatever. There's Iron Man, there's Doctor Strange. There's there's Wolverine from the X-Men. There's Ghost Rider. There's Blade? Like, when I saw Blade, I was like, wait, what? Is Blade Marvel? Turns out Blade's Marvel. I didn't actually realize that. So, yeah. Mental. And then... You get to have your own self-insert Mary Sue character. So there's Is it a Mary Sue? Is that what they call it? There's there's the hunter. So you get to you get to design a character as well, and they're the main protagonist. And the hunter is the son or daughter of Lilith, who is like the mother of demons, and she's the big bad who you're fighting. One thing I did think was funny is when they revealed the moves came from cards, people were like. Are there going to be loot boxes? Do we have to get the cards from loot boxes? Like, people are so triggered now by cards. You know, like, because for me, my mind went Slay the Spire, but other people were like, oh, it's going to be like Hearthstone. I open card packs. So, no, it's more like Slay the Spire. Great. And then I'm kind of wondering, is there going to be permadeath? Because permadeath is such a staple of XCOM, but I can't see them actually killing off Marvel heroes personally. It could just be a deep sleep
0: for the entirety of the campaign.
1: <laughs> They're asleep for the rest of the campaign. Yeah. I, to be honest, I, actually, I personally don't actually think it matters. Because maybe I'm projecting here. But I feel like a lot of people just save scum to avoid permadeath. I mean, I know I do a lot. Like, sometimes I'll do something and I'll die. And I'll be like, okay, fair enough. Let's soldier on. I'm like so deep into this. But other times... Like, I missed the 95% shot, and then I get sniped from across the map. And I was like, that's bullshit." I'm reloading my game. You know. So, I actually think not having permadeath isn't a big deal.
0: So, we're focusing on the campaign here. Is there any multiplayer? I'm not aware of any multiplayer. If people are
1: concerned about card packs, That's true. That's true. Imagine if there was... Well, they added multiplayer to, to XCOM as well at one point. But I don't think it was that well received. Like... Multiplayer XCOM is something that sounds like it will be really fun, but I'm not sure the reality pans out that well
0: often. Because it's too slow?
1: I think the original XCOM actually probably would work quite well as multiplayer, but the recent ones are actually quite asymmetric. So when you make it multiplayer, obviously you have to make it fair for both sides. And then that's where I think it's a bit odd. Because... Yeah, the recent ones, there's a lot of like ambush mechanics, like where enemies will suddenly spawn and stuff. And like obviously that isn't gonna work in a multiplayer setting. So Yeah. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, and actually, one last comment. All of these Marvel games, they never license the Hollywood A-lister likenesses. So they always kind of feel like knockoffs to me. That's the other thing. I mean, I think this is actually one of the bad things about using The Marvel franchise, like I'm, I'm sure the Marvel franchise is going to bring in more people than it turns away. And I know that they made a big deal about like all the characters, and there's your home base, which is the Abbey, and you can interact with them. Like you can go and meditate with Doctor Strange, or you can go and lift weights with Iron Man, you know, stuff like that. So they made a big deal about the characters. Hmm? I guess so. Well, that's the example they gave, right? Don't don't shoot the messenger. That's literally the example they gave. So fine. I I don't know if he lifts weights we can find out everyone
0: lifts weights
1: (laughs) even Mike lifts weights now yeah but having said that you know like Iron Man doesn't look like Robert Downey Jr Doctor Strange doesn't look like Broccoli Cobblesnatch you know so is this this okay? I guess it's okay it's not worth paying the likeness fee I guess still funny though
0: it should come if Disney approaches me to make a game I shouldn't have to pay for the license. I guess I have to pay for the license. Yeah, I mean, Disney
1: doesn't own Robert Downey Jr. They just own Iron Man. Yeah, but they should have
0: negotiated it into their contract in the first place.
1: Yeah, but no one's going to sign a contract like that now. You know, they might have got away with it back in the 90s or something, but now they're going to be, I want extra money for my likeness in the computer games. Yeah. Final word on this then. Coming out, March 2022, on basically everything. You know, every, all the major consoles and PC. Okay, not mobile, fine, not everything. Everything that matters. Everything I play games on.
0: Switch? It's on Switch then?
1: It's on Switch. Oh.
0: Let's move on. Elden Ring.
1: Man, there was, there was loads of hype about this. Like, Loads of people are super excited by what they saw. At Gamescom for Elden Ring. But we, the plebs in the public, saw nothing. Like, apparently there was this 16-minute, like, gameplay, you know, walkthrough that the press got. And also some, like, major, you know, Dark Souls YouTubers got to see as well. But, yeah, they were like, I saw this amazing footage of Elden Ring. It's incredible. I'm not allowed to show it to you. Sorry. (laughs) Like, why? Why not just show it? Apparently, it was so incredible that everyone who's seen it is like, I'm so hyped for Elden Ring. But yeah, I I assume the public will be showing it at some point.
0: Did you get hyped as well? Were you suitably hyped?
1: I really liked Dark Souls, the first one and i would say i do like the souls like games like i i have i've platinumed bloodborne actually i think bloodborne is the only game that i have the platinum trophy for on playstation so i clearly like these games but i like them to the extent where i'm afraid of playing them because i'm concerned that i will do nothing else but play the game so like i bought sekiro i've never played sekiro for example i've literally just had it installed on my machine ready to go When I want to give up a week of time and be like, oh, it's 5 a.m. So, yeah, so I am hyped. I mean, the thing is, I think this is the Breath of the Wild moment for the Dark Souls series, right? Like, in the same way that Zelda had, you know, Ocarina of Time or Twilight Princess, like all these games that people liked. But then when a new Zelda game came out, it was like, "Mm, I really like this, but it's also kind of just exactly the same you know and like dark souls 1 2 3 bloodborne i mean they have been different don't get me wrong like there's definitely been changes in the way combat feels and and so on and like blocking versus like being aggressive versus the speed of things you know but at the same time there's been some fundamental core that's really maybe getting a bit stale and this is like the breath of the wild moment for the souls like games it seems this is when it's going to really open up and suddenly it's going to be like, wow, I never thought of doing that And a Souls-like.
0: You called it a Breath of the Wild moment, though. So it's not going to be open world.
1: Well, it's open world. It's very open by all accounts. Very, very open. And, you know, in the same way that you had the four divine beasts in Breath of the Wild... There are, there, there apparently will be some, like, waypoint markers saying, like, here's a major objective, but you're free to ignore it.
0: So, a lot of traversal.
1: It sounds like it. With your magical spirit horse, and you can, like, you can apparently be, like, running and then, like, jump in the air and summon the horse underneath you. So, it's, like, apparently really fluid.
0: That would be very cool. Wish I could summon, summon the horse underneath me.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't need to worry about parking. It'd be amazing. Yeah. One other thing that came out as well was that George R R Martin didn't actually write the story for this game which is probably actually a good thing if you ask me. But like much hype was made about it being like written by George R R Martin. Actually it's being written by Hidetaka Miyazaki who did all the other Souls games. So I actually probably think that's going to be better. But you know George R R Martin did apparently have quite a lot of input at the beginning. And helped with like the character development and the world building and stuff. But all the actual game text really is is written by the same guy who did the Souls games. Which is good. And like you know his way of revealing the lore of the world to you in an organic way is extremely good. So I'm actually quite happy about that. Next up? Deathloop it's almost not worth talking about this because by the time I get the episode edited it's probably going to already be out I mean I hope not because it's like more than a week away but you won't have long to wait by the time you actually hear this it's coming out on September 14th this is another game where it's like wow you took two things I loved and you put them together you know it's it's an arcane as in the company immersive sim you know, they made they made Dishonored, they made Prey. Fused with time loop mechanics. Like, I love immersive sims. I love time loops.
0: Time loops just mean we're doing the same thing over and over again, though.
1: Same thing over and over again, though, in a time loop is not quite the same as... I mean, like, Prey also had DLC called Mooncrash. That was kind of like... Well, it was Prey fused with roguelike mechanics but you know you did play it over and over again but the timing part of it wasn't really the emphasis this time it sounds like the timing is the emphasis as well as some roguelike mechanics so i don't it really does sound like it could be very interesting and like the final previews that have come out you know the people are saying there's so much i'm not allowed to talk about like the list of things I'm not allowed to say is enormous, but I have enjoyed what I've played, even though I can't talk about it. And here's the stuff I can talk about. That's very interesting.
0: Okay. So you know that XYZ will be in this building at this time. Kind of thing, yeah. It's a hit it's a hitman game. Yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> Actually, I mean,
1: literally, you're an assassin. That's literally your job. You've gotta I think you've gotta kill these like five people. I think there's also like a a multiplayer aspect of it where you can play as someone who's trying to stop the person from killing the five people. But, you know, they didn't go into too much detail on that in this final preview stuff. I'm not sure I like the way it looks personally, art style wise. It's very stylized and like all of the enemies are like wearing really theatrical costumes. Like it, it reminds me of We Happy Few, but not in a good way.
0: When you said theatrical costumes, I thought Bioshock for some reason.
1: Well, I mean, Bioshock, yeah, Bioshock, they're also wearing theatrical costumes. It's like, I think there's like a bunch of enemies who are wearing like bunny masks or they've all got like half their face colored or something.
0: Yeah, but we happy if he does it badly. And in this case, it doesn't seem like it works.
1: Yeah, I mean, I might feel differently once I play it more. Or once I see more, I say play it more. Am I going to buy this? I mean, probably,
0: probably, let's be honest. Could make it a book club game. What's interesting is that it sounds like we just don't know everything, which is amazing because this thing is out in 10 days.
1: Yeah, I mean, quite a lot of stuff has been said. You can piece it together. Oh, yeah. And it, and in some of the earlier previews, I think they did say more. But, yeah, it, it's out so soon, so let's not labour it anymore now.
0: Okay. Well, let's move on. Super Dungeon Maker.
1: It's, this one is funny just because... Did you know there are Gamescom awards...
0: No, I didn't, but I'm not surprised because there are E3 awards.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I was, I was basically like, I'd seen some stuff from Gamescom, but I was like, what other, you know, are there some things I missed that I should be looking at? Like, what was really good at Gamescom? And then I found this article about the Gamescom awards and who won them, and I was like, there are Gamescom awards, but the best family game award went to a game called Super Dungeon Maker, like some indie game, and. It's a game where it's like, duh, this is so obvious. Like, Why has this not been made before? I mean, I think lots of people, me included, have said like, oh, someone should make Mario Maker, but for Zelda. And that's literally what this is. I mean, I will say, I actually thought about making a game like this as well, but I'm actually not sure it will be fun, personally. But, you know, it looks cool. The art style's cute. I think you're a chicken and you're making dungeons. You're you're making literally top-down Zelda Link to the Past style dungeons with Mario Maker kind of tools, and then other people can go
0: in and play your dungeons. But th- th- what's 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 important about these dungeons? Are the puzzles and puzzles are hard to design?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I th- I think there'll be like no surprises. That's the thing. Like I feel like unless they're really powerful creation tools that they give you I think a lot of the dungeons are just going to feel the same because I, I remember I played this is way back when this is like 10 plus years ago now someone made a project which is basically the Legend of Zelda maker like they literally made it, it was using all the Nintendo graphics it was literally like the Legend of Zelda but had a world map editor and a dungeon editor and everything. you could literally make Zelda 1 games and it was interesting but it just wasn't fun because it was just like it's just like playing Zelda over and over but it's the same experience like it doesn't matter if the dungeon's a bit different you know there's no sense of discovery or I, I don't feel excited by what I'm finding because it's the same stuff I found before and that's what I worry will be the case with this but then again maybe it'll surprise me because like Mario Maker to this day I don't actually really play Mario Maker, but I still watch Mario Maker Let's Plays because the things people come up with for the troll levels in particular, so imaginative, really so, so imaginative because it's just like a big joke. It's, it's, it's literally like watching the setup for a joke and then the punchline. And the, the thing is like the punchline is always, and you got hit in the face by a Cooper shell kind of thing, <laughs> right? Or a fish. Most of the time it's actually you got hit in the face by a fish, but really... <laughs> so entertaining, so so maybe people will come up with actually really great stuff.
0: We'll see. that's terrible, Mike
1: you you should watch Carl Sagan forty two So funny. <laughs> I really enjoy watching those Let's Plays because <laughs> he recently mostly plays troll levels, and the troll level creators are oh it's so clever, like they really have a really good grasp of psychology as well. Like, there are all these tricks, like the twice-twice, you know, that they pull. And it's like, the thing is, you know the tricks, but you still fall for them. Because, like, they'll, you know, there'll be a fake-out, and then next time it'll be like a double fake-out. And then next time they know you're expecting a double fake-out, but then you think you're going to do a single fake-out. And, like, they, you know, you go, okay, is it A or B? And they somehow make it option C. Like, it's really clever. Like, the people that actually make these levels are really, really clever. Both mechanically and also in a psychological way. It's very impressive. Sorry. Sorry. Let's move on. Saints Row. Oh. Reboot? Yeah. I mean. This is another one where I actually don't have that much to say. I just thought it it bore mentioning. Because. New Saints Row game. I think it's a reboot. Because there's no number attached. It's not Saints Row 5. It's just Saints Row. Again. Seems quite divisive. Like. A lot of fans of the Saints Row series were like, "This is not Saints Row," you know. It's, I think it's a bit more realistic, and and they're saying like, "This isn't the Saints Row I love." And yeah, I watched the trailer, and to me, it kind of felt like Watchdogs, Watchdogs two, anyway. So I was like, "Is this what Saints Row is like these days?" And it just made me think like back to Saints Row, the game, you know, the games that I did play, like Saints Row one. I actually had it on the original Xbox and it was kind of just like a boring GTA clone. Like it was kind of like dumb. I remember, I remember being genuinely offended. Like I thought it was really dumb. Like I remember like, you know, like in GTA, like you can hijack a car and you like pull the person out of the car. Right. Yeah. And and in Saints Row, I did the same thing. I just shot the person. I was like, why did you shoot them?
0: That was so unnecessary. This is why you weren't playing GTA in the first place. It's just so rude. There was no need to shoot that person. (laughs) But this is, you've never played GTA, is that right? I did play GTA. Okay, fine. Yeah, I
1: played GTA. I haven't played San Andreas, I haven't played 4.
0: Okay. Just
1: for no particular reason, to be honest. I just happen to not get around to playing those two. Anyway, what is going on with Saints Row now? It was like a kind of dumb GTA clone. Then they just amped up the silliness and it got really popular. I know like Saints Row 3 and 4 are just like absolute madness. Like Saints Row which one is it? You're the president. One of them you're the president and the, and then the planet gets blown up by aliens and the whole thing's in VR.
0: It's 3 or 4.
1: Saints Row was very very silly. And then now it's kind of now it just looks like Watch Dogs. Now it, even the plots plot here seems to be kind of like Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs 2. Anyway, d- despite some of the fan backlash, it won Best Announcement and Best Trailer Awards. That was the other thing I thought was funny. So, it's the industry versus the man on the street. That's it. That's all I've got to say.
0: Lastly, Forza Horizon 5. This, this is all you. But this is... Forza, d- <sighs> Forza's the, the fun part of the Forza franchise... This is their arcade sim game. This time it's set in Mexico. And I think they're just doing what the Grand Tour does on Amazon. And it's vacations going on fantastic locations in the car. And it's, this time it's in Mexico. It starts off with their, you know, the intro. The car is dropped onto a volcano. And you drive from there, which is ridiculous. <laughs> this actually
1: sounds really mental and kind of fun.
0: I just have to call it out because this is one that the other big Microsoft game this year.
1: I mean, I'm i not really into driving games but you know it's possibly it's something that I would learn to enjoy if I had to play it. Like if you named this or a similar game as the book club game then I would play it. But I wouldn't play Forza of my own volition. Which maybe is my loss but you know it does sound pretty fun.
0: There's only so much time. So interestingly Something we should mention is PlayStation weren't at Gamescom, so there are no PlayStation games here.
1: They they are doing a PlayStation State of Play?
0: Showcase. Summer Showcase. Oh. Okay. And that's... It will, it will, it will be have done. It will have been done by the time this episode goes out. Too bad. What What are they going to show anyway? So many things. God of War, Horizon.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: Or probably some like Deathloop Why not milk it a bit more
1: Deathloop is actually a Playstation exclusive on launch isn't it Or yeah. console exclusive
0: They'll show some Gran Turismo Who knows And lastly just for the sake of completion What was the game of the show What for me No According to the oh. Gamescom Gamescom awards Uh I, don't, I actually don't know. Best of Gamescom.
1: It was It was Elden Ring, right?
0: Yeah, of course it was Elden Ring.
1: See, this is what I mean. Everyone's hyped for Elden Ring that saw that 16 minutes of gameplay. <laughs> Give it to us! Give it to the people! Do you, Do you not want hordes of people shouting, shut up and take my money?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Everyone who's seen that 16 minutes of footage is raving about it. So... Yeah, maybe they just can't contain the hype. Maybe they want the hype to be a little bit closer to launch.
0: Okay. It's time for some rapid fire.
1: I take my laser gun and I go pew, pew, pew! Rapid fire. Rapid fire.
0: So let's start with the Super Mario 64 auction. It turns out it was a scam. You're right, Mike.
1: Well, that's libelous. We can't say it was a scam. I mean, allegedly it was a scam.
0: Thank you, Mike. You've got us out of trouble yet again.
1: Yeah. Allegedly, the allegation is that the whole thing is a scam. I mean Oh man. There's basically an hour-long video by Carl Jobst, who is actually a really great YouTuber and all his stuff is very well researched. And this is no exception. So he goes into great detail into why it looks very sus. And it's basically it's basically exactly what I was speculating about, you know, and more so. Like, I was saying, like, oh, it's someone who's got a lot of sealed games that they want to be able to sell at massively inflated prices. And it's like, it's not just that. Like, the whole thing sounds pretty corrupt and collusion between all the players and... Maybe the sale itself was not even a real sale. Like they were just selling it to themselves just to hype up prices and inflate a speculative bubble. So there's a lot that can be said, but it would just be rehashing what's already in the video. So very interesting. Watch the video if you've got a spare hour. The whole thing is very sus.
0: China cuts children's online gaming to one hour. Is it really one hour? Is it one hour?
1: It's one hour a day on, I think, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday and public holidays, and that's it. It's, like, it's actually kind of nuts. Like, I'm... I'm really kind of shocked. It's, like, so little.
0: That is very little.
1: There, there was... that Basically, there was, like, a news story put out by, like, what is the government's official, you know, like, news outlet, and it called games Spiritual Opium and said they were, like, ruining the youth, you know... And then they actually retracted the article and published it again without the phrase spiritual opium. Because I guess they thought spiritual opium was a little bit too hardcore.
0: We've got a better phrase, guys. We've got a better phrase than spiritual opium.
1: Yeah, soul crack. Now it's soul (laughs) crack. No, they just, they just, they clearly don't like computer games. I mean, this is what happens when boomers are in charge. Lol. But, I mean, games can be dangerously addictive. This is actually the root of where my, I'm scared to play this game because I might never stop. Right. This is this is actually kind of the same problem. But for me it's like self-regulation and this is external literal government regulation. But I'm kind of shocked. That's very very little. It really reminds me of like when I was a kid and my parents would be like, "You should go play outside. Don't play on the computer. Go and play outside." And it's like, "What am I going to learn outside? Like how to throw a stick?" I do feel like a lot of my logical thinking and what made me a good programmer and etc just came from playing a lot of computer games you know what would i have learned if i played outside more actually probably a lot of stuff and i maybe would be happier but that's irrelevant that's irrelevant
0: <laughs> moving on star citizen has hit 400 million dollars in
1: funding yeah you you put this in and i was like isn't this a non story like big whoop star citizen rakes in another 100 million and produces nothing like the news would be Star Citizen produces this amazing release of the game. Like Star Citizen's gone nowhere with another hundred million dollars. Yeah, same as the
0: previous few years. I don't understand how is this happening. What? What is? I don't. Some, some things I don't understand in, in this world, and this is one of them. I I think someone said that he's basically
1: made a religion. Right, like Star Citizen has become a religion at this really point. Like the people who what? believe are like true believers. Like, no, he will produce the game, and it will be the greatest game ever. We just need to keep the faith and keep giving him the money.
0: He needs the money.
1: He needs the money to live. He needs How the money fa- to. It's, it's, it's. How much you know, faith like do like you have? This episode
0: with the leader. He's going to take them to Blistonia. He needs more money. Bigger capital ships.
1: Uh, the slightly worrying thing is that one of the things in this write-up said that they're actually running out of money. Like their burn rate is insane. You know, it's it's already the most expensive game ever. Like, you know, it's, it blew straight past Cyberpunk, right? Like, this is the most expensive game ever. And number one, what do they have to show for it? And number two, it's not like they've got all this money and they haven't spent it yet. And they've just got this enormous runway to keep going for like another decade. Apparently, the burn rate is so high that they're actually going to run out of money in a year or two. Which is also insane. But like, what are they spending it on?
0: Hiring the best people.
1: I know I know they are actually getting in like famous actors and actresses, like you know, they are getting in famous Hollywood stars to do cameos and stuff. And it's just like, why? I mean, Chris Roberts, Chris Roberts has always been all about the cutscenes. I know he loves cutscenes, and then people have said that actually really he wants to make a movie, but no one will pay him to make a movie, so he's making a computer game instead,
0: you know. Which will which will have lots of cutscenes. Question mark.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, If you watch people playing it, it actually looks good. It's just that it is also jank. Like, it is barely held together. But it does look good. Oh, man, the other funny thing in that write-up was about, like, the grey market for refunds. You know, and some people making a profit on their refunds, too. Like they say, you know, you pledge to buy some capital ship, and you, you literally give them thousands of dollars, and then you have buyer's remorse because like, "I'm never getting this game. it's never going to be finished." But then someone else wants to buy the capital ship off you for more money than you paid for it, so you can get your <laughs> refund. And you can come out on top. That was really interesting, too. It, it's just weird, like all of the social structures that have built up around this unfinished game
0: Let's move on. Uh, Stardew Valley is now officially an esport.
1: Yeah, I mean I think there was some esporty stuff with Stardew Valley before, like people actually had little tournaments on Twitch and stuff, but like this is an official tournament, you know, like the guy who made the game or at least the company concerned ape which actually I think is pretty much just that one guy, so the guy who made the game is putting up a 40,000 US dollar prize fund and there's this guy unsurpassable z i'm saying z because i think he's american even though in my soul i should say zed but i've been corrupted because i've been away too long has come up with a list of 100 ish plus challenges that have you know points attached to them and yeah teams will duke it out to complete these challenges and whoever has the highest score at the end will well, I, I assume they're all going to win a share of this prize fund. I'm not sure how it breaks down. I just, I just know the headline figure is 40k. So,
0: Stargy Valley officially an eSport. I know nothing about this. Is it a book of challenges and you complete as many as you can in 24 hours?
1: Yeah, or- it is something like that. It's, it's literally like, you know, like build a chicken coop or something gets you some points. Like, you know, and like the number of points you get obviously is scaled by the difficulty of the challenge to get done within the time. Okay. So Stargy Valley is another one of those games that I really want to play and has been permanently installed on my machine and I've just never played it because once you start, you may never stop. You know, you it's like um it's like it's like moving to the holodeck, it's just better
0: than real life, you know?
1: It's like, no, don't take me away. I want to live on my farm where everything's idyllic and beautiful.
0: Let's move on. There's an Outer Wilds DLC coming. Yes.
1: This is another just completely blindsided me out of nowhere. Like, basically, there is going to be Outer Wilds DLC. And it looks like it's going to be a completely new story.
0: That's part of the existing story.
1: Yeah, I have no idea how this is going to work. But it's called Outer Wilds Echoes of the Eye. It's coming out. September 28th and you know like on reflection like you know having had some space between playing it like Outer Wilds is actually probably one of the greatest games I have ever played you know like if I had to name like my top 10 games and I was thinking about the games I would normally put in that top 10 and I was thinking like actually Outer Wilds definitely deserves a spot in the top 10 like it's going to have to knock something else out like it really is one of the best games I have ever played so I'm extremely excited for this DLC.
0: A- any comment? Given what they've done with the base game, I can really, I have high expectations of what they're going to do with this DLC. And I remember when we talked about it first time around, I thought, how are they going to do this? How are they going to have DLC in a turn Loot game? But actually, they can. There's so many parts of that. There's so many. Space is so big, they can put anything in there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It can create more mysteries. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really wonder. Is it going to be set
1: in the same system as the first one? I mean, as well, as the base game? I don't know. Or, I mean, to me, it would make more sense for it to be a completely new setting. But that's
0: a new game. That's a new game. That's not DLC then. I think it will be in the same setting.
1: Interesting. I mean, to be honest, I can't really say more without going into spoilers about Outer Wilds. So, yeah. Probably just have to speculate some more, but it's really not long to wait again for this one so looking forward to it there's so much stuff coming it's it's crazy you know like i guess this is the end of the summer games drought right because like a lot of companies don't like to release games over the summer because they know people are going to be out enjoying the sun etc but what about people in the southern hemisphere what about people who are trapped inside by the pandemic it's crazy but i guess they still don't want to change their schedule because they're so used to it so Anyway, yeah. Suddenly, we're about to get a glut of incredible stuff. There's this. There's Death Loop. There's Metroid Dread. Pokemon. Pokemon. Yeah. Not really I mean, like Pokemon. there's there's, <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's tons of stuff. There's tons of stuff coming soon. So, lastly, Elder Scrolls Five. Elder Scrolls Five: Skyrim Anniversary Edition.
1: Yeah. When you said Elder Scrolls Five, I was like, "Huh." And when you said Skyrim, I was like, "Oh yeah, it is Elder Scrolls 5. I can't believe this. It's It's been 10 years since Skyrim. How is it 10 years since Skyrim? Skyrim feels like it came out like recently, but 10 years is so long.
0: Yeah. They're really milking this one.
1: I mean, it's a good game, but it is shocking that it's been 10 years already.
0: And you still haven't played Skyrim. Well, you know what? I thought they'd make it free eventually, but the, instead of instead of that they're finding a way to release it again
1: (laughs) it just keeps making money people keep buying it you can you can keep running it on like cheaper and cheaper devices that's the thing i mean it's 10 years old at this point i think i was joking that you know you you were talking about buying a smart fridge and i was like you can just play skyrim on your fridge problem solved that's how you can play it you know i'm only half joking like it's it's ridiculous but It's a good game. If you haven't played it at this point, maybe now's a good time to get into it. I don't know.
0: We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes.
1: Please, please, please.
0: You can find us on email.
1: Mike.and.ting at LostLevels.club On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. On Twitch. As Lost Levels Club. Anywhere else? Reddit slash r slash lost levels club
0: so michael what are you grateful for today
1: i am grateful that i actually finished a project like i actually finished that game i was working on and released it on itch.io i mean it didn't get a huge amount of traction but what do you expect it's just the first game right you exactly. know i'm trying to learn the skills i'm trying to build my craft i'm realizing that being an indie game dev is actually kind of insane and probably a terrible idea. I if I wanted to make money, I should definitely go back and get a regular programming job again. But I'm following my dream for a bit, you know? I'm following my dream until it becomes a nightmare. So I am, I am grateful that I managed to finish something. And hopefully it's just the first of many.
0: So Michael says bye.
1: Bye bye. Please try my game. <laughs> it's called Lunar Lager.